I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Videos Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And the voice that makes you moist. Marcus. There he is. Uh, always good to have Marcus around to yeah. just remind us of who he is so. and what it is he does to us. Marky Barky. <laughs> oh, don't know. Um, I just want to say real quick at the start of the show, uh, big um, rest in peace uh, to John Singleton. Um, he, he died today. Oh, yeah. Um, he was the he directed Boys in the Hood, um, in the mm-hmm. and at 24 years old, which is incredibly young, he was the first uh, African American to be nominated for Best Director and Original Screenplay at the Oscars. 24 years old—that's insane! I didn't even know yeah. that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and he was—I uh, mean, he's only—he was put on life support a couple of weeks ago, and now just they—I guess maybe they don't want to prolong his suffering, so they, they cut him off today. But I mean, yeah, rest in peace, man. He. Uh, He's a, he's one of the one of the best there was. Made some great movies. And uh, twenty four man makes me feel bad. I'm thirty years old. What have I done? You know, in comparison. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's hard. You know what though? To be honest, I think one of the hardest things it is to do is to get nominated for an Oscar because it doesn't happen to a lot of people. That's true. So twenty four, you're lucky even if you're like fifty. So. It just goes to show you talent and, you know, a little bit of timing and ingenuity as well. That's how all the best films get made. I just want to start us off with something a little bit, I don't know, I guess I can call it light, but it's very infuriating. Mm-hmm. So, um, you guys know uh, Chase, the the credit union, correct? Oh, God. Right. Bank, if you will, even though they're not technically a bank. So, they... I'm going to give it to um, their kings of comedy. I want, to, I want to read you guys a tweet that was posted by Chase on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was a tweet they posted on Twitter. Not a tweet they posted anywhere else. Okay, of course. So, it's like a little, it's like a little dialogue. Like, almost like a little script. Like, maybe something you'd submit for, a, like, an Oscar. Okay. It says, you, uh, why is my, my balance so low? Your bank account. Make coffee at home. Eat the food that's already in the fridge. You don't need a cab, it's only three blocks. You. I guess I'll never know. Bank account? Seriously? <laughs> and see, I know that you guys are being very quiet right now because it's one of the, it's, it's that little calm before a storm of laughter. Oh, exactly. That's exactly it, what It's a says. thinker, you know? It's a, it is a real thinker. So it's like... So... Chase, this uh, this uh, company that I guess presumably you know is primary its primary customer is probably 
a regular average citizen of the United States. Let's just say that, right? Sure. Most people who use credit unions are, or banks of all sizes, except for, you know, like the Goldman Sachs kind of banks. But, you know, if you use Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, you're most likely a middle-of-the-road or below-middle-of-the-road American. And this tweet is kind of just, to put it lightly, curb-stomping every, pe- every kind of person who uses Chase Bank. Um, and it does the classic... Um, the thing that I've been hearing ever since I was you know, probably in high school, they, they start telling they, people start trying to give you tips about money, and all the tips are basically the exact same thing. This thing says here: so, oh, don't go get coffee from Starbucks, don't eat out, and you know, just try to save as much as possible. And while those are, I guess you can call those good tips for if you want to be frugal. Um, they don't actually get what the the problem is your my balance isn't low. The, the average American's balance in their bank account is not low because they drink too much Starbucks or eat too much Taco Bell. It's because of capitalism. And this horrible, horrible attempt at comedy shows just how out of touch um, these big financial institutions actually are with their um, consumer base. I'd say. Oh yeah, this this whole little tweet reminds me of um, the weird debate that was going on a while back with with the price of healthcare, and it was like, yeah, if you guys didn't have these uh, extravagant cell phones, you could afford healthcare. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's what that's the the trade off we were supposed to make was we can't have you know a, a nice phone because we have to have healthcare when healthcare is just something that shouldn't even be something people think about. Healthcare should be something that exists for all people. Exactly. It's like it's it's like oh you you know the reason you don't have this basic human right is because you don't have enough money. Why why don't you get it, dummy? (laughs) What are you doing ordering off the dollar menu? You could have put that to your fucking house deposit. Yes, you could have eaten rice and (laughs) grilled onions every day for three years. Yeah. And you'd be marginally less in poverty than you are now. So it's your fault. Victim blaming. There you go. Yeah. Classic tools. Classic victim blaming. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. It's it's really lame. And I don't know. I think. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention the best part of this tweet. I, I'm I'm so I'm so stupid. The hashtag is hashtag Monday motivation. <laughs> A better hashtag would have been um, "Let's get this bread." <laughs> yeah, let's get this bread. That would that would have been a, a pretty good one and pretty uh, keeping up with the times, which obviously mm. Chase Bank isn't. So Clearly. makes sense. I'm sorry, um, that's just double funny for me because I work at a bakery and goddamn it, you work at a bakery. I work at a bakery right now. You have like so many jobs, my dude. Every time I, I talk to you, it's like a n- different slate of jobs. I'm very multi talented. Okay, yeah. I'll have um, what kind of bakery? What do you guys make? Um, breads, cookies, pastries. Wow, I'll basic stop by. Bread stuff. Yeah, sure, do it. Well, you know, Seth Chase deleted that tweet pretty yes, quickly. Yes, they did. But you uh, know, because of uh, a social media backlash, interestingly enough. You know, you know who held on to it? Who? Elizabeth Warren. Really? Ooh. And she has a response, if you'd like to hear it. I would love to. This is directed to uh, uh, Chase Bank. It says, uh, Chase, again, in the form of dialogue, why aren't customers saving money? Taxpayers. 
We lost our jobs, homes, savings, but gave you a $25 billion bailout. Workers. Employers don't pay living wages. Economists. Rising costs plus stagnant wages equals zero savings. Chase. Guess we'll never know. Everyone. Seriously? Hashtag money that's a, motivation. That's a good response. That's yes. smart. Claps for Elizabeth Warren. Heck yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know, man. Is this... Are, are we like... Are we, on, are we on the Elizabeth Warren train... We're I'm, warriors. I've already said it. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. liking the one. I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, Bernie's still my number one, but you know, Elizabeth Warren, she's kind of like, she's kind of like the the Steph Curry to um, the Kevin Durant that is Bernie Sanders. Um, if the Democratic Party were the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. um, even though we say fuck Kevin Durant in every episode, this is a, a great <laughs> analogy because we're talking about <laughs> talent here, but. Yes. Talent, um, not not personality or attitude. Exactly. Because uh, Bernie has a very good personality, and I'd say his attitude is pretty good. He's uh, he's old. He's going out and buying his own groceries. That's cool. That was a pretty by fun the, picture. By the way, do you guys know how old Samuel L. Jackson is? No. 72. Okay. How old do you think he is, Marcus? 72. You really going to guess the same thing? I mean, yeah, black don't Damn. crack, baby. I'm so. I I mean, I legit thought he was like maybe in his sick like early sixties, but he's seventy years old. Oh shit! Isn't yes. <laughs> isn't Donald Trump around seventy as well? Yes, I think he is actually seventy two. Um, and that, I was looking it up, and that means that in like in Return of like no in uh, like the prequels, Star Wars, Samuel L. Jackson was already in like almost his forties. He looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks great for seventy. I just saw him in glass, and I mean, they do make him look older in that movie for reasons, but like, he still looks fucking great for a seventy-year-old. Mm-hmm. So, shout outs to Samuel L. Jackson. I can't wait to look as good as Samuel Jackson when I get. <laughs> yeah, old. yeah, because uh-huh. you know, so you you really do have the the. 30-year-old Samuel L. Jackson look going on. You know? I know. Thank you. I'm just glad age. you realized. I like how in Marcus's mind, he, he became this good-looking when he was 70. <laughs> he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't always look this way. Marcus is going to yeah. age into his looks. Yeah, that, that, there we go. That's the plan. <laughs> um, but yeah, here's uh, some some other news that I think we can all kind of... Um, we all have some opinions. And we actually kind of talked about this before, but now there's some... A lot, a lot bigger accusations coming out. Um, turns out that Riot Game uh, employees have prepared a walkout to protest the company's policies, and uh, Riot is apparently trying to uh, respond as quickly as possible to make uh, changes so that they don't have, you know, a massive strike by their employees, which is a continuing trend in the gaming industry. And I think this is a pretty good place to talk about this. Oh yeah, I heard about this because. Um... Back, all right. When was the last time you guys played League? Man, it's been so. It's been almost. It's been a little over a year for me now. Like three no. years for me. All right, so I I occasionally play about once a yeah. month. It's still like my favorite game. But go, you go yeah. Ahead. But back back when okay, I forgot when it was. But the KDA skins, you guys remember those? Yeah, I did. That yes. video, they were right? all over the internet, everywhere. Yes. They're fantastic looking skins. They they even like got a whole Korean like group to perform and everything. AR, AR the characters while the other dancers were dancing. It was amazing. 
the thing is, a lot of the artists that worked on those designs were canned, like, immediately after. Yeah. So, like, it was a surprising move, like, from what I've seen, because I'm like, holy crap, how are you going to kick these people out? They've literally made you a crap ton of money right now. And your response is, thanks, get the fuck out. Yeah, thank you, next. Um, yeah, and this, um, I mean, the, base, the thing you just talked about was basically exactly what happened at Blizzard Games recently, where they released 800 people who did marketing, graphics, and other things that are pretty integral to making good games and selling good games. Um, but, you know, we, talk, we talked about earlier in the year, one of the, the, the bigger accusations against Riot Games are... The pretty prevalent sexism, where a lot of female employees feel like they weren't interviewed very fairly and they are not treated very fairly in the office. Um, even male employees are suffering problems where, and you know, this is not this is apparently completely true. A higher up in one of the team, like a, a senior lead on one of the teams, during a, a closed door meeting, once farted in the face of an underling. Um, wow. Yeah, and like like the stuff that happens at Riot Games is like. It's, like, severely fucked up. And when this last happened, we reported on this podcast because Riot, Riot went out and made, like, a big expose on themselves. And we're like, yes, th- we've seen all this stuff. We know what's going on. And we promise to make changes, you know, and they're, they're going to take place within the next three to six months. It's been about three to six months and apparently it hasn't gotten any better. And from what I hear, what I've heard from just, like, the people you can find on Twitter, the Riot employees... It's the the biggest problem is that after Riot made all these promises, they were gonna um, uh, make internal changes. They didn't change almost any leadership, and they took on a policy of all meetings, like any discrepancy between employees and leads and everything, was gonna be taken up in closed door meetings. So there wouldn't be not be any nothing would be open within the company that oh this person did this this person feels this way it was gonna be all all individual meetings we done behind closed doors to try and figure stuff out and obviously the employees think that's not conducive to change and more than just that they're blocking lawsuits by forcing yeah. employees into those closed door meetings for arbitration and therefore not letting them get their day in court which is pretty fucked up yeah very fucked up. And it's something you hate to see. But that's exactly why they're doing something about it. Because, like, I'm proud of Riot employees because, like, they're, like, they're not taking this anymore. And, you know, no one wants to change anything until it actually affects them. So Yeah. I mean, I would love to see uh, a Riot Games walkout, honestly. I think, um, I don't know, I think it might be the right kick in the face that this company needs. I mean... But you know, like we're discussing, this is a this is a problem that is pervasive through all of video games, and you know we're going to have to say it. The the main reason these like personality problems and sexism problems and all that that comes from you know years of society and just people getting power to their heads. But the reason that this this whole toxic cultural uh, culture in general and video games and video game development is being I don't know what I'm trying to say. The reason it's getting so more, so much more prevalent is because of capitalism. Um, deadlines are getting bigger. Every game has to be bigger than the game before. People are getting worked harder and harder. Um, there are people who say that the worst job, the worst job that a developer or somebody with the skill set to be in games could have is to work in games because it's a very it's a very thankless job and 
Um, you know, we had the thing where the people at fucking Mortal, the guys who make Mortal Kombat, they were working 100 hours a week. And the guys at Red Dead Redemption 2 were working 100 hours a week because the product is all that matters at the end of the day. And the, the delivery time is very important. Like, you, the game has to be out now. Like, we, we would rather work our employees to the bone and make their lives worse just so we can release the game here instead of releasing it maybe a year later. Because this is what it has to come out, and this is when we have to deliver, and this is when our how we have to meet our budget. And all the people who are making these kinds of decisions aren't the ones who actually are going to get tortured by them. Exactly. The uh, similar thing was happening with uh, what was it? Anthem and yes. DA and Bioware. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. Not I mean, to mention that game was. I don't even know what to say about it. Not good. Yeah, not good. Rife with microtransactions. All the all the good drops were just insanely like crap. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of microtransactions, I just want to give a quick shout out to Mortal Kombat 11. Um, somebody on the PlayStation subreddit dug up and found out that um, to get every skin in Mortal Kombat 11 for all the characters, you would have to. Um, be able to constantly update your Mortal Kombat store from the hours of 6 to 8 p.m. Um, to get all the newest all the newest deals on the chests and stuff. And you'd have to have the maximum amount of luck, as in every time you open, it, open one of these chests or packs or whatever, you always get exactly what you're looking for. And even with those two things, you'd have to spend $6,440 dollars. Jesus Christ! For, the, for skins? Yes. If you want, if you were to get all the skins in the game without any failure rate in your like in your luck and the, the drop rates of stuff, which means this game could cost you a total of six thousand seven hundred dollars if you wanted to do that. I mean, I won't be buying any skins then. <laughs> yeah, you, that's um, one way to discourage your own microtransactions. Yep. <laughs> Exactly, and it's like it's such a weird model because, like, at that point, like, I don't, I just don't know, I don't know who it's for anymore. Like, I mean, maybe there is a customer out there who is gonna spend seven thousand dollars on Mortal Kombat Eleven, but are there enough, like, to where you're making people happy? Because, I mean, the the whole problem with games these days and microtransactions is that, oh, it's like, oh, you don't have to do the microtransactions; you can grind for it. But the grind in games these days is punishing mm-hmm. like a job like, yes it is like yeah like back when i was like when i had to grind like even grinding for like ip and league of legends or whatever the fucking currency shit is called in warframe i mean back when i was trying to do that stuff i would get home every day from work or class and i would play until i went to bed and i just scrape by all the amount of stuff that i had. like i really wouldn't even have enough to get it a lot of stuff so i was just i don't know it's it's not really it's like because the whole thing now with games is they want a game to be your life. They want you, oh, every day I'm going to come home and I'm going to play Mortal Kombat 11. That's my that's my thing. That's just what I do. But, I don't know. It's kind of taken the idea that, you know, games are a hobby. Games are a leisure activity. And if you do want to come home and play one game all day, I mean, we've all done it before, that's fine. But sometimes you want to come home and you want to watch a movie. Or sometimes you want to, you know, go have dinner with somebody. Or you can't just play this game all the time. And the way that's the way they're making games. You either have to play it all the time and still just scrape by getting these these cool things you want, or you have to put all of your money into it just to get these cool things that you want. It's not really sustainable, in my opinion. 
No. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, okay, so my idea for, like, if you had a system like this and, like, you're a regular, a regular player who can't play, like, 24 hours a day, how about if they, like, up your chances of getting, like, the better skins or whatever, like, for all the time you haven't played? So, like, while you're at it, work and whatever. And then, like, that'll encourage other people to just be, like, chill and not spend all their money. Crap, they don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah. But then that would make the, <laughs> pl- the players who do play 24 hours would get mad. They don't get the better odds. True. And it would be like, oh, well, then, you know, why don't why am I being punished for playing the game? And it's like, right. yeah, oh, I don't know. Man. You get yourself into a slippery slope of just, you know what? How about you just make a damn video game and make shit unlockable by playing the game like it used yeah. to be when back when games were fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The point is to get you to spend as much money as possible. Maximize profits. Um, Man, at least with the, the old coin arcades, like you, you were having enough fun or you were like frustrated enough to just keep putting yeah. money in. <laughs> a quarter would get you a good amount of game. And it rewards you for being good. If you were good, you played longer off of one quarter you know yeah now it's a dollar to play and oh need five more dollars if you want to keep playing i know man i've been to arcades lately and i mean i don't know there's still there's still some fun games but it's like i don't know there's something missing from it like there's just not like what it used to be like when you used to play pac-man or donkey kong or something i don't know there's something missing from it all i think i think we need to have some kind of arcade revival Oh, uh, Seth Mary, you talked earlier about how a guy farted in someone's face at riot. Yes. Well, I have his guy. I have his name. Let's say it out loud. He is the C C O O of riot, and it was Scott Gelb. Scott Gelb, who is reported as having ball tapped, farted on, or humped employees. Wow! How about you gelb my nuts, Scott? And he remains in his position, by the way. Wow. So a lot of people are mad that he's still around. That's, uh, that is, I don't know, that's just so, it's so stupid because it just, I mean, people have for a long time, before I even knew anything about the actual workings of Riot Games, people always called it kind of a, like a bro culture company. And I don't know, all it's doing now is proving that those people are right. Um, Women aren't treated very well there. I mean, these guys who, like, a lot of the reports from women and men were just like, oh yeah. Whatever bro like yells the loudest during the meetings is the guy who gets you know gets what he wants and gets promotions and stuff. And it's like I don't know, it, it's very a very toxic culture, and I don't know, it's not good for making games. Like people shouldn't have to go to work every day, and like you get to make fucking video games. That should be like a fun job. That should be like one of the only fun jobs left in this disgusting world we live in. But those people have maybe the worst working life of any like office job in the world. Yeah, it's like like the fucking guy who uh, Brad Brad Wardell who runs Stardock. How he would like he he found one of his employees allergic to bees, so he brought in a fucking like actual beehive to like fuck with that person or whatever. Yeah, hey, you're allergic to bees. Ha <laughs> ha! I want you dead. <laughs> I'd rather you not be alive anymore. Yeah, and it's yeah, really the fucked up. the guy who just <sighs> took over. Uh, blizzard's like lead of whatever the fuck they like hired that guy for for way too much money he said he literally said in an in like a press conference that he wants to he wants to make making games not fun and i just want to tell him newsflash you're uh-huh. too fucking late buddy 
<laughs> we beat you to it. Yeah, it's not fun for anyone. I have a, I have a friend who worked in games like five or six years ago, and he said, I'm like, after that, he just like worked shit programming jobs and said they were just like way better than working for a game company. That's a real shame. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, games, like you said, Seth, they should be fun to make them. Like, they're fun products. It's like, why can't it be? I know that most people don't have fun at their work. But like you said, you're making a product that's supposed to be fun. Like, you'd figure there'd be some enjoyment in that. Yeah, like, like I said, of like the, all the office jobs that are on the world, it should be like the most fun. Just because, you know, you get to you, know, you get to make games. You get to like make something that the end, the end product is to hopefully make somebody happy. You know? I mean, most people work at fucking insurance companies and banks who never make anybody happy you know unless you're already rich but the game companies especially like the one thing where you like you can make somebody who you know the one thing they do every month maybe is like buy themselves the cool new game and you're making that game and you get to make them happy and i don't know your job fucking sucks because the fucking the, the culture and fucking capitalism are strangling you at every turn yeah um I actually saw today Bernie Sanders had a tweet about um, Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, he said Were that... Were spoilers? No, oh no. No spoilers. Okay. He All said... Right. Good job, Bernie. <laughs> well, what will be truly heroic is if Marvel were to use the profit from its uh, incredibly popular you know, Avengers movies to pay their employees a fair wage instead of having Bob Iger make $65 million a year, which is 1,400 times the average Disney employee makes. Yeah, fun fact, Avengers Endgame made $1.2 billion in its opening weekend. That's fucking insane. And now, after all the, this you know, great success for Marvel and Disney, uh, but when you, when you look a little past all the success, you see that somebody like Bill Mantlo, the creator of Rocket Raccoon, who you know, is voiced by Bradley Cooper in the movies, um, he's been medically incapacitated for 27 years, and to pay like his paying for his medical bills bankrupted his brother and uh, disney won't help out with this wow isn't that depressing this guy's been fucking this guy made one of their most popular characters now and has been fucking out for 30 years his brother has done everything he can literally giving all of his money to keep his incapacitated brother alive and they're not seeing any of this 1.2 billion in three days that this movie is making that's just fucked up man what the hell disney yeah i'm gonna put a link to the gofundme in the description for this episode and on twitter because we need to help bill Mantlow out this is this is insane also, and may, hey, I've only I've only read like one or two articles, so maybe maybe I'm wrong. I'm like I didn't read the right stuff. But you guys have heard about Disney's granddaughter, right? No, uh, no. So uh, the whatever her name is, Abigail Disney or whatever the fuck her name is, um, she has been vocal on Twitter saying that Bob Iger should get a fifty percent pay decrease, and that should be given to the lower level workers in Disney. Um. And it's, like, kind of dope that it's coming from her. And apparently she's, like, she's not a big fan of the way the company is ran and who's getting all the money anyway. And it's kind of interesting to see her uh, be vocal about it. Yeah. 
And even that 50%, like, that dude will still be rich as heck. Oh, yeah, the 50%. But other people will, will be able to live their lives. Yeah. And, That's why right. we say tax the rich at 90%, because they can live off 10% for generations. Again, we everyone, I keep bringing this up occasionally, and I, I know they're still a capitalist co- company, and I can't praise them too much, but with Nintendo, when, when the Wii U did not do very well, Satoru Iwata took a huge pay cut along with most of the executive staff of Nintendo to keep the company to keep from having to fire any workers. Yep. He took he took over 50% and so did all the other executives. They put it back into the workers and no one got fired. And that's amazing. Holy crap. You would never see that happen in America. Just wouldn't. No. Um I, I'm sure there's I'm sure American game companies read about that and were like, whoa, what, what a crazy foreign land they've got <laughs> over there. Um, yeah, how, how could they ever originally take pay cuts to, for their employees? That's crazy. They should fire them and make more. Yeah, you, your product failed. That means that the, the workers failed, not you. You're not the ones who made all these decisions. Yep. Um. But yeah, one of the things this podcast is most about is how bad capitalism is, right? Yes, capitalism bad. Okay, so we've we've uh, we've dug up an image that pretty much sums up capitalism, and I just I can't. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, and I can't just fathom how anyone thought it was a good idea. But for anyone who doesn't obviously can't see what we're looking at right now. Um, there's this website called Fiverr. Do either of you know what Fiverr does? Yep. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Um, you can find people to do <clears throat> little things for you for $5. Make videos, make art. Yeah, $5. The whole nine. People will do stuff for you. An incredible wage for a person to make. $5 per task. Which is just a whole new kind of payment system. Um, but the, this ad, uh, for Fiverr, it's a, it's a nice little... It's a half and half ad where there's like a, there's a man on one side, a woman on the other, and the man he's like a clean cut, you know. He can tell you can tell he's probably you know he probably makes like six figures or so. Just he's just sitting out there. He's looking out in the distance, and it's like you're running low on resources. So this guy he's uh trying to get some stuff done, and he doesn't he doesn't have the resources for it. And then in the on the other side, opposite him, looking in the other direction, it shows a black woman. And it says, she's a source you can rely on. And I just have to I just have to think. First of all, this ad is bad no matter what you do with it. But don't you think, don't you think that it would just be a little bit better if they wouldn't have used a black lady or a black person with the words, she's a source you can rely on. <sighs> well, it just goes to show that, you know, <laughs> they didn't do much yeah. thinking. I'm not off ad. base when I say this. <laughs> no, you're not. It's yeah. It's a it's a wild ass image to have put out there without any thought. Yeah, it is, and this is presu- like I, I can see in the background. This is presumably like on a subway in like a you know an urban neighborhood. I'd say there's like some graffiti on the wall in the back. There's like some open streets, and I just can't imagine this is gonna go over well at all. It's unintentionally very revealing. It's it's unintentionally like, hey, slavery's back, buddy, and you get to benefit from it if you're white and have money. 
Okay, I just want to say this is probably just bad on advertising and marketing. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is... that particular image does seem pretty bad. Yeah, this remember, is just not well thought through. Remember that fucking like PS Vita ad from like ten years ago, which was like the European ad where it had like a like a, I mean, a very dark skinned black model being choked by a very white skinned pale model. And it said white is coming or something because the new PS Vita in oh, white oh, is on the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Why'd you have to remind me of that? <laughs> it's yeah. like, guys, come on. I mean, it kind of. That one just speaks for itself. I mean, yeah. I don't even think they needed to put PS Vita at the end, honestly. It would have been a much more powerful <laughs> ad if they wouldn't have said that. <laughs> Um, oh crack! But yeah, I mean, what when I see this image, this this first of all, Fiverr is like the fucking capitalist wet dream. The only thing they're gonna like more than Fiverr is zeroer. Mm. That's gonna be the only thing, <laughs> thing they love the most. Do this for me, and I'm not gonna pay you. Exactly. You'll get exposure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'll get exposure at building machines in my fucking factory. Um, I did see a great guy today having a fantastic day on Twitter. Or he said that slave owners did bad things, but not all of them did all of them at once. What? What? A, what does that mean? So if a man, like, I like no, no, no. I like this train of thought. So if a man murders and rapes a person, but does it to two separate people years apart, he didn't do. Didn't he didn't do, do it at the same time. So he's so like not as bad. he's not as bad as someone who murdered and raped someone all in one. Oh my. Why? You know, the combo is what makes you bad. They were trying to say that Thomas Jefferson shouldn't be held to the same uh, standards as other slave owners because Sally Hemings agreed to be his slave. And we have we have historical documents proving this. What? We had documents that she signed a, a contract, but all the contemporary sources of the time say that she did it because if she didn't, he's going to take her mother away from her. Yeah, exactly. It's like you can get somebody to sign uh... something, but. You know, you might have had a gun to their head, and you might have had, you know, their mother in a torture chamber in your plantation house. Like, we don't know the details. And to, to, and continuing from there, so he, so he was like, do you think all Nazis were as bad as all other Nazis? Yes. <laughs> yes. And somebody said, well, do you think all child ministers are equally bad? And he said, no, do you? Like... <laughs> Whoa. Like, if I saw a Nazi who, like, was, like, eating, like, whatever rations they had for their military, and he saw sauerkraut, and he saw a homeless kid in the distance, and he decided to give it to him anyway, he would still deserve to fucking burn just as much as the rest of them. And this is not just on Twitter rando. This is a guy with a check mark. He's he's verified. Yeah. Eh, we've kind of we've kind of discussed. Maybe not on the podcast. We've kind of discussed Ooh. how that check mark means very little sometimes. Okay, I'm not on Twitter. So what does this check mark mean? It means that you are verified by Twitter to be the person you were saying you are. So like celebrities get it because it's like oh I'm you know this is actually uh, Mark Harmon that I'm following on Twitter. I don't know why he's <laughs> oh. Mark Harmon. But, yeah, it's it's like a little blue check that's like, oh, you're actually this person. And then, at first it was just, like, celebrities and politicians, and then it kind of, now that, like, fame means different things, you know, people like YouTubers and Twitch streamers and, you know, esports athletes, podcasters started getting 
And the podcasters just more recently have been getting their due on the, the verified check mark. Still haven't gotten it yet, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also some people who like weirdly have the check mark. We don't we don't really know a whole lot about what they do or how they what they did to be Twitter verified. Yeah. So all right, guy having a very normal one on Twitter, <laughs> defending slavery and whatever. And the, th- the the weird thing is that's becoming more and more normal. Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, well, we need to think about it. And as soon as somebody says that, it's like, ooh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're kind of awful. <laughs> it's crazy we've come we've come to that point in our society where we're like, actually, maybe slavery wasn't that bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, and those folks are obviously insane. Like, don't like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, I did want to bring something real quick, Marcus. This is something you have experience with. Oh. An article from Mrs. Insider, which uh, is about how Amazon um, doesn't just track worker productivity at warehouses. It has a system that can also automatically fire them. Ooh, yeah. I, I was looking into that. Mm-hmm. Because, um, okay, so for those who don't know, I used to work at an Amazon warehouse. So it was it was pretty good. I worked there for about six months. And I was doing great. No problems, no whatever. There was this one manager, super asshole, whatever. But the problem, your manager wasn't just a program. <laughs> me too. I mean, he might, he might as well have been if you gave like a program some arms and glasses. Yeah. But other than that, <laughs> everything was fine until I started picking. Which means you get on this little, like, machine, you go down the aisles, and you pick items for customers' orders. So, when you do that, they want you to be, like, freaking 100% accurate and fast as fuck. So, you two know me. I'm afraid of heights. Weird. <laughs> I've told... I told... Shut up, Seth. <laughs> I told all of my trainers... I told my manager, I told everybody, I am afraid of heights, I don't want to be up here. (laughs) Nobody listened to me, whatever, I go back to work. So, they've got this weird rate thing, where you have to put, like, a thousand things away, like a day. (laughs) And for every thousand you put, you can get one wrong. Which is insane. So I've been doing that for... I was doing that for two weeks. I was going slow, because I don't like heights. And I was also freaking, like, getting some wrong. Also don't like heights. (laughs) (laughs) But one day, I managed to stow... Stow, I'm sorry. I'm stowing, so I'm storing things on the shelves, not picking. So... One day I managed to stow like one thousand and like seventy-five things or whatever, right? And my supervisor or whatever comes talks to me. He says, "All right, you're doing really fast and stuff, but uh, you got ten wrong." I'm like, "And like I'm I'm no mathematician, but <laughs> ten from a thousand that's that's less than one percent, right?" That is 1%. All right, excellent. So, from all the things I put on these shelves for these people for three fucking weeks, they want to fire me because I got 1% of it wrong. So, yeah. 
seven months of work in there, <laughs> one week of me doing, according to them, subpar work, you know, just means I go. That's it. Which is obviously fucked up that they're letting robots just like robots and analytics decide who's worth keeping and who's not because people should just fucking have jobs and exactly another thing i heard i don't know if this is true or not but don't they like i heard they like put the break room to where it's like like you have a 15 minute break but they put it like five minutes away from you so that you have to walk for five minutes you only get five minutes to break and then come back so people yes at that point psychologically they don't even feel like taking their break because they don't feel like it's yeah. worth it anymore exactly it's like I didn't know that was the strategy, but holy crap, it's super fucked up. Oh my god! Yeah, and they get crazy. some people like that because like there was this one girl I knew, and she was like, "Okay, yeah, I don't want to take that walk because that's already half my break getting there." So she just stayed and kept working. Oh man, that's fucked up. It is. Oh, and they also they also like to get on you if you're late coming back from your break. Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> You know that that manager I was talking about with the arms and the glasses and mm-hmm. yeah. stupid ass. <laughs> I I was on my way back to work, and he oh man he came up to me and said oh you're you're sixty seconds late. <laughs> I, I almost wow. punched that man in the face. <laughs> I was like, like sir, hey, get a life. I am here for ten hours of fucking day <laughs> and you're jumping in my ass about 60 seconds did you get how many did you get just one break or did you get more than one um i think it's yeah one lunch break and it's 15 minute break yeah it was a while i think it might be 30 but even that wow. for 10 hours is not enough that's not that's that can't be right because federal law says for every six hours you work you gotta get a 15 minute break that's that's fucking insane, dude. I'm not, I'm not doubting the veracity of your story. I'm just saying yeah. they're fucking somebody over there. Probably. Well, if that's the law, they probably have. What? Well, let me let me. Uh, there, there, there. Uh, Chris Rock once had a joke along the lines of, "If you work at a job where you only get a thirty minute lunch break, somebody doesn't give a fuck about you." No, <laughs> seems like nobody gives a fuck about us. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy how much Amazon. I mean, Baron fucking goddamn uh, Jeff Bezos got to get his got to get paid, you know, and we're the ones got to pay for it. In yeah. the end, I mean, think about how many people patronize Amazon every day. I mean, he has. I mean, he has enough money to fucking build a civilization, and have it thrive. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't use it. He doesn't use jack shit of it on the country. He keeps it for himself. He gave $2 billion to fucking education, which people say that. I don't even know what the fuck he specifically gave it to. Charter schools. Exactly, which is fucking bullshit. And $2 billion a donation from him is nothing. That would literally be like me giving... Let me think. That would be like me giving like $50 to something. Yeah. Yeah, there's even a study that was like, if you were to give $10 a month to a charity with the min- with the, the median salary in America, you'd be giving a higher percent of your income than a billionaire would giving as much as Jeff Bezos did. Pretty much. Um, so billionaires obviously suck. 
millionaires as, as well. And I want to talk about their chosen candidate uh, this time around for president. That's going to be Joe Biden. Yeah, Joe Biden had an, an interesting, uh, interesting take on billionaires, right? Yes, Seth. Do you want to you want to tell us what it was? Yeah. So Joe Biden says, um, he first, he starts this off by saying, "I'm not Bernie Sanders. I don't think 500 billionaires are the reason why we're in trouble. The folks at the top are not bad guys. Wealthy Americans are just as patriotic as poor folks." What the fuck does patriot have to do with it? What is that? What does and that see, mean? And this is kind of the thing. I mean, it's nothing new. It's something that politicians do. So, being how patriotic you are has never once been the issue that people have with billionaires. Specifically, Bernie Sanders has with billionaires. Um, nobody gives a fuck how patriotic you are. Yes, you can be patriotic if you have zero dollars. You can be patriotic if you have $160 billion. Yes, we understand that. It's the same. This is the same thing that happened with Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. Colin Kaepernick kneeled during the national anthem because of the injustices that are brought against Black people in America, and then and which is which was the message he wanted to put out there. But then Donald Trump went and said, "Oh, Colin Kaepernick hates the troops and won't stand for them." So now it's like. Bernie Sanders is saying billionaires are bad because, you know, they're bankrupting the working class of America and creating, you know, just a hostile living condition every day for people who don't have bil- have billions of dollars. But Joe Biden is like, oh, but they're, they're patriotic. Why is Bernie Sanders attacking them? They're just as American as the rest of us. And it's just a classic political move that, that works so sadly. Yeah, it's uh, who gives a shit how patriotic you are at the top. That doesn't mean you're that you're actually doing your fair share for the country or and for the collective. Yeah, and uh, I think it's pretty. That's, that's also uh, very nice that the the image that accompanies, uh, accompanies this tweet I'm looking at is Joe Biden doing the the cool guy put on sunglasses move. Oh God! <laughs> what? Yeah. Anybody who thinks Joe Biden is cool is fucking lame. I blame the Onion oh, for that. Really? They created the image of cool, you know, Diamond Joe, Uncle Joe, back during the Obama years. Because he's a funny, he's kind of a funny figure. You know, he's a little bit of a a screw-up. He's a little bit of a jerk and an asshole. And compared to Obama, he seemed much less professional at his job. And they just kind of spun that into being like the cool guy. And now people think that's the real Joe Biden. Mm Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, man. I don't think I would blame the Onion for that. Just because I do, I, I don't know. I think that I don't know. The, the Onion is too much is too satirey for me to blame them for stuff. But or not too like I don't like their Joe Biden stuff was more like tongue in cheek. But there were I mean there were like legitimate like places like websites like that were like oh look at uncle joe look at this cool funny like zany guy who's helping out our cool black president and they kind of like they did yeah i will i will agree that the media kind of did cultivate this image that oh joe biden's cool and funny and he's like he's like your uncle he you know yeah he's really funny you know he he can cook a mean steak and sometimes when your parents aren't around he puts his finger in your butt and it's it's just normal <laughs> Did you see that Joe Biden said that he 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 asked Obama not to endorse him? Oh, what wow. a nice guy! What a cool move! <laughs> yes, I don't need black people. 
That's what he said. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't need But that's exactly what you need. Exactly what he needs. But by doing this. I want his opportunity to also say that I I told Kate Upton not to call me back. It's okay. (laughs) I request that you not do that. Oh, Smith. You amazing man. Yes. Wow. I'm too too classy for that. I don't need to put her finger on the scales for me. What a. I didn't think this is where that was going, but hey. That's uh, and that's what he's saying, right? He's basically saying, "Oh, this person, he's, he's lying, right? He's lying." Um, he's he's lying, but also I think I think it's more of he's like, "Yeah, I don't I don't need Obama to endorse me. I I want to let him make his own decision. He can endorse whoever he wants. I don't even need that." That's how cool I, he's wants. He's trying to play up this cool image, like you know, whether you like him or not, Obama is going to be along with JFK considered to be the coolest president we've ever seen. And he's like, I don't need the coolest person to ever hold the office to endorse me. I'm going to do it on my own and kind of cultivate this, like, hardworking, uh, you know, to pardon the name pun, but, you know, Joe Sixpack kind of a guy who's going to do it all on his own. Yeah. He's had a string of good ones today where he's been going around campaigning. He said things like, middle class isn't a number, it's a value set. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So it's a, it's a non-existent thing. Cool, cool, cool. Right, it doesn't exist. We all know this. There's only two classes of people, rich and poor. Um, so he also said that he wants to restore the basic bargain that Republicans and Democrats agree to. You contribute to the enterprise you work for, you get to share in the profits. Which is not at all true at all. It's not true in the sense that's what they fucking believe, yeah. Yeah, that, and also it's almost never been true in the history of the world that if you if you contribute, you get to share in the profits. Yeah, your share compared to the capitalists is measly by comparison. Yeah, and that, and also that's not something the Republicans and Democrats have ever agreed to. No, never. <laughs> um. So yeah, Joe Biden, he fucking sucks. You see, also he he bought ad space on Bernie Sanders' fucking uh, search results on Google. Yeah, that's wow. uh that's like that's the classic uh, that's the classic capitalist move. When, you know, whenever you I found out the other day when you look up Nike, Adidas is the first thing that comes up in some cases. And you know, that happens with a lot of companies wow. and now this this is they're literally incorporating that into political campaigns. I didn't even know you could do that. Holy crap. Yeah. If you got enough money, you can buy whatever you want, Marcus. So let's see oh, here. Man. I did it as a check. I googled uh, Bernie Sanders 2020, and I yeah, top I've got ads for Joe Biden to contribute to Joe Biden's website or his, his uh, campaign. So still going on. Yep, same thing. I get I get some uh, some Joe Biden ads. Um, also, have you guys heard that Wall Street is fucking shaking in their boots over Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, Wall Street, they're uh they're weirdly all all of a sudden scared of some kind of like uprising of the proletariat. Like for real, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are not communists. They are mild social democrats, if anything. And Wall Street is having hushed, panicked meetings in back rooms to try and figure out how to beat them. Yeah. Imagine how scared they'd be of actual communists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, maybe raise wages a little bit. Oh no! Like, shouldn't our minimum wage actually be like twenty dollars an hour? Our minimum it, wage should be like fifty dollars an hour, honestly. Mm-hmm. 
Hell yeah. If the minimum wage had kept pace and not stagnated after 1973 oil shock, it would probably be around $20 an hour, yeah. Shit. To keep up with inflation and whatnot. Yeah. But um, Cartier... Well, oh, go, go ahead. I say that's dead. The whole oh, yeah. Them raising it. Uh, Cartier... Uh, their their owner who has seven point five billion dollars says the fear of the poor rising up keeps him awake at night. Well, hey, I just wanna I wanna tell the owner of Cartier not to worry, because one day we'll let him sleep forever, and <laughs> it won't be a problem anymore, buddy. Yeah, very it'd be very peaceful sleep once we're one day on. we'll we'll put his head down lightly. On the precipice of the guillotine, and he won't think about it anymore. <laughs> oh man! Um, Swift and quick. Oh yeah, for sure. No, no, no need to be cruel about it. Um, oh, I want to get a couple punches in. You <laughs> <laughs> being fair, I want to just like give him a good punch or two. I want to find that fucking guy from Riot who farts on people and fart on his fucking face for a couple hours. <laughs> oh Don't God. fart on him. Just shit in his face. That's all. <laughs> but wait a minute, guys. Guys, we're we're ignoring what, what if he likes it? Oh, no. Oh, that's why he does it. Oh, no. Mm. <laughs> He's got us. Check me. Yeah. I, could, I could pull a uh, grandpa from the visit and just rub a dirty diaper in his face. But... Oh, God. No, we should uh, put a gas mask on him and hook the hose on the end to his own ass. And just mm. let, let it happen. Uh, the one thing every shit fanatic hates is their own poop. <laughs> Not true. my own sin. How did you know? Well, I have to imagine that... Well, you know what? Let me not say that. Never mind. I'm not going to take this sentence. Um, oh, we got to take this off mic. <laughs> yes. I can't say that on the podcast. Um, let's see here. Uh, I think there's one thing I wanted to round out the, the week with. And we'll, okay. we'll be gone. Another thing having to do with labor. Um, a teacher in... Let's see here. Um, it says it's Huntsville, Alabama... Uh, ran out of sick days to stay with his daughter, who is 16 months old and has cancer. That's right. He was having to use his own sick days to stay out of work with his daughter, who has fucking cancer at the age of 16. And so his colleagues donated their days to him and gave him 100 days of, of sick time. Which, yes, okay, great. That's, that's fantastic. I'm glad that the guy got uh, yes. days to be off with his daughter. But the fact that he had to do that is an indictment of our of yeah. our country. The fact it's one of, it, it's along this like this new style of news that shouldn't be news where it's like, oh, this kid sold five hundred watermelons to help his mom pay for one month of medication for her cancer, and it's like, yeah, that okay, yeah, it's cool that this kid's able to sell that many watermelons. Yeah, I get it. But should he have had to? Isn't this shouldn't Absolutely be news? Because this shouldn't be a problem. Christ. Yeah, it says right here, uh, this is my favorite part of the whole article, Wilma DeAmpert, an assistant principal at Lakewood Elementary, works in the same school district with Green. This is the man from the story. Um, she saw the story on Facebook and donated two days. They are the only days she can afford as she was diagnosed with breast cancer in February. Wow. And she's still... And that, that, that goes to show you right there. That's like That's literally the equivalent of... Would one of these billionaire CEOs cut their salary to help somebody less fortunate? 
That's, this is the equivalent. This girl, this woman has cancer and is still, still willing to give up some of her days to help somebody else out who's going through something similar. Yeah. And it, it really tears apart the whole, like, humans are selfish by nature argument. Exactly. It, it, it tears down the whole idea that capitalism is natural, which is the one of the most popular ideas you'll hear from people who support capitalism to the death. And that argument is so funny because you go back 300 years in the past from now and you would find folks saying, oh, feudalism is natural. This is how it should be. Kings, queens, nobles, peasants, serfs. This, this is how it is. Why are you questioning it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's a pretty heartbreaking story. I'm, I'm, I'm glad the guy got the days, but it sucks that he had how he had to get them. Hope his daughter gets better. Cancer sucks. Yeah. Uh, people should be... Yeah, people shouldn't have to worry about things like this. Like um, any kind of PTO, whether it be sick or personal days or vacation days, whatever you want to call them, um, it should be much more. It should be much more popular in America. And it should, they should be much more uh, plentiful. I mean, there's there's countries in Europe where you get three months of personal time throughout the year. Three yeah. months, and you also get like a thirty-five hour work week. I mean, we like that's like work-life balance to the max right there and it's crazy that in america there's people who are having to give up their who are having to get sick days from other people because they've ran through all theirs trying to you know support their 16 month old cancer-ridden daughter do you know how much time the guy gets off as a teacher oh i can't not, i can't imagine not very much he gets one day off per month wow what yep so, what about summer? Wow. Well, actually, you know what? When I think about it, that's that's only because let's say that's twelve days a year. That's only two less than me. So, yeah, that's pretty sucks. fucked up. Um. So yeah, that's kind of a down note to end on. Um. But you know what? Actually, I don't want to end on a down note. I want I want to end on something funny. I want to tell you guys one more thing. This thing is funny, so we're gonna end on this. Okay. Um, the, the story is not funny, but there's a detail in it that is funny. This is from Think Progress. Um, this is about a smartphone app that lets anyone report suspicious people, uh, in St. Louis. Um, so we all pretty much know that any app that people can use to support, to do this is going to be used to target, uh, yeah, minorities, it's a, right? a black person profiler app, yes. Right. But here's the funny part, is <laughs> the person who's pushing for its, uh, for its implementation, uh, in New Orleans is a man who is the head of the St. Louis Neighborhood Security Group um, that operates outside of law enforcement. His name is Jim White. Wow. It was just too perfect to not to not have to mention. Yeah. Uh, anyone who's a member of a Neighborhood Watch, or as I call it, Narcs of America, um, anybody who's a part of that kind of thing, or considers himself like to be pseudo law enforcement is the worst person ever pretty much i hate these guys who are like oh i love having my fucking open carry permit if any motherfucker in this chili's tries anything i want to fucking light his ass up and i'm like what the fuck are you proofing yourself for you fucking idiot Man, the chilies <laughs> pops off in there, though. You gotta be careful. Uh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> People get crazy up in the chilies for them fucking $2 yeah. drinks, man. Yeah, I was at the fucking 
cable place. I was trying to talk to people because my internet was out. The guy behind me just has like two guns on it. What the I'm fuck? I'm just like, my, what is this? <laughs> it's like, why do people need this? Just on their regular <laughs> average. This motherfucker's here to probably try to get like a router or something when he's got guns on him. Like, <laughs> what do you need this for? Hey yeah. man, it's 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 uh, it's Daisy man. Zombies are everywhere. Well, Marcus, remember when you went to go stand in line to get Uncharted Three? The guy sitting in front of us. Remember that fucking dude? No. He was carrying a goddamn pistol on his hip. Wow. This was like a decade ago or, or whatever, but this dude had a goddamn pistol on his hip, like out in the just waiting in the goddamn GameStop parking lot. Yeah, it's, it's so it, it's so jarring to see. Like I've, I've, I'll say it once. I'll say it again. I have never want, seen one of these guys and be like, you know what? I feel safer. True. I feel Very like true. if something bad happens, this guy's gonna be there to help us. And I want to point out that we're from the south, and people always think people from the south are just like are familiar with guns. And me and Seth were definitely raised with guns, constantly being around. Yeah. But that's farm shit. You don't normally see them like out on people on the street or like in a store or whatever yeah but it's getting bigger and bigger people are like i told you people are starting to love this whole oh i have open carry i have a concealed carry oh i love having my gun thing and it's kind of just because you know the fucking politicians the media they drum up this whole it's the whole frank reynolds and it's always sunny thing you drum up the gun argument and people go and buy guns and it's just yeah. become it's becoming like a cool little thing. Oh, oh, I have a pistol now. You know, I have this little thing. I keep it in my apartment for protection, as if anyone's ever going to protect themselves with that. It's just yeah, it's just weird. Shit, man! I saw a picture from the local Walmart of a guy who's walking around in there carrying a goddamn AR-15 on his back. Yeah, you can do that. That's actually the most jarring thing is to watch a man uh, have a a machine that could just murder everyone for a very like probably 100 foot radius from him and just oh it's just regular it's fucking scary man uh but all right i we yeah we'll we're willing to podcast there that's a good place to stop um so let's see here uh i uh am smith as i said you can find me on twitter uh at mc surf i'm seth on twitter at life of seth uh marcus on instagram at mr beaches um, um, our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He's been a former guest on the show. You can go listen to his episodes. He also has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they're both Southern and talk about wrestling. So if that's interesting, you should go check it out. Also, we are going to be... I'm announcing this without asking either of my other co-hosts. We're going to be doing a bonus episode about Avengers Endgame. Uh, oh, shit. We just talked about earlier. We're going to get, yeah. get our thoughts out on it. So that'll be coming up probably within the next week or so. Uh, Marcus, who is our artist? I did the art. Mm. It's, it's all right. He says with his pinky out. <laughs> <laughs> or penis, one of the two. I'm well I mean, I mean, they're the same size, so. <laughs> hey! No! Hey. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Marcus has a really long pinky! Okay? <laughs> How did you know We always called him Dick Pinky Marcus. Yeah, in, in I, I wasn't trying to disparage the man. <laughs> say he has very very big pinky uh, it's swollen from the uh the bees yeah uh, oh man uh all right so you could leave a holster water but you can't make me get under it fuck kevin durant tom brady the film first reformed and the newest episode of game of thrones <laughs> Damn.
Dang, I need to catch up on that. All right, Marcus. Uh, row, row, fight the power. All right, it's a classic. Uh, we've stopped trying to solve our problems and trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Illinois podcast, baby. We're out. Out. Peace.